Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Crew Talk. It's been, you know, it's been a little bit since we we recorded an episode, but we're back and what a time to do it. The Brewers, fresh off a getting swept by the Oakland Athletics, and just lost uh, on a walk off home run to the Twins. You know, we'll have plenty to talk about. I'm your host Matt Aho with Richard Winkleman. It's kind of been. Uh, yeah, a lot to talk about. You can follow us on social media, social media at Crew Talk on Twitter. Like, comment, subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, Hershey, where do you want to where do you want to start? Yeah, I mean, I think what did, had we didn't cover the. Uh, I think we we haven't covered the Orioles series either, did we? Yeah. No. Yeah. So I mean, we 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 started off, you know, that Orioles series, you know, happy with the. Happy with the series win there, um, you know, coming away with the series win in Cincinnati and then back-to-back series wins against Baltimore. Um, and then, you know, we 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 are welcoming the worst team in baseball to to Milwaukee um, and we get swept. It, it, it's just honestly, I mean, I look like a fool because on our on our website that we write for uh, Brew Crew Ball. Um, I did the series preview and I, I, um, I projected that the Brewers would get the sweep, uh, did not think that get us getting swept was even a possibility yet. Here we are, uh, losing the last five in a row and, you know, you touched on it, Devin Williams, uh, first blown save of the season, pretty tough to watch. Uh, his ERA was at like 0.44 something prior to that. Um, I mean, I still think he'll probably be our lone all-star representative this year, just based off of how the voting's going. But yeah, brutal series against Oakland. Absolutely brutal. And you better hope the the Brewers can take this second game against the Twins and tie it up. Yeah, it was, uh, and it's, it's weird, right? Because they were coming off kind of some momentum they. They won that series in, in Cincinnati. It was their first series victory and on the first series victory on the road since the second week of May. So I was like, okay, in the division, you kind of, there's talk that the Reds could, you know, the Reds could take three out of four. They can take the lead in the division. Brewers, you know, went three in a row. They went three out of four, come back home, defeat the Orioles, who, you know, they've kind of been an upstart team this year. In a very competitive division. 
like, all right, you know, like you kind of get look at this lineup. And it's like, God, who are these guys, right? And and then they, you know, they're playing with a little bit of edge, and then they get swept by the A's. <laughs> and then last night, you know, they that seven five loss to the Twins was just one of those ones where I think they always say Corbin Burns is on the mound. That almost kind of feels like a must win, right? When you have the lack of hitting that the Brewers have and the depth in the in the starting rotation beyond Corbin Burns. And Burns, you know, he hasn't been great this year, or at least he hasn't been where he's usually been. But you kind of can bank that you're going to get a consistent start out of him. That's kind of your best chance to get wins. You don't need to score five runs, right? Usually when Corbin Burns is starting to get the win. Of course, they blow it. Devin Williams blows the save. And now they're just kind of, a lot of people are just kind of scratching their heads, kind of thinking, you know, what will this team become after what's kind of been the last five days? Uh, I believe I saw on Twitter someone described it as a nightmare. Definitely. I mean, yeah, you're you're talking about the last five days. I mean, even in the past, like, month or so, it feels like it's just been super inconsistent. You never know what you're going to get night to night. And I, yeah, I agree. It seems like, you know, the fan base as a whole is kind of like, like wondering, like, are we going to go into a rebuild or are we going to continue to try to compete for the playoffs? Because if they're going to try to compete for the playoffs, they're going to need to make some additions if they want an actual chance. Um, But they could be, sell- I mean, they could be sellers as well, depending on, you know, how the rest of this month goes. I mean, if, if they're going to be, if they're going to like lose the next, like if they lose like nine out of their next 12, I mean, I could see like, and we move down to like third in the division and like two teams jump us. I mean, I think that, yeah, I think the Brewers could start, you know, making, making trade talks with other teams about maybe guys like Corbin, maybe guys like Brandon Woodruff, guys that they're going to have to pay coming up. And maybe they're, they're thinking, you know, what, it's better to get off these guys now that have to pay them big money and, you know, still be in the same spot offensively. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's kind of the beauty of where they're at, right. Is that they've had these struggles where it's kind of, you know, the offense is, I mean, the offense is, they're one of the worst teams in the league. Hitting wise, they're 20, let's see. In OPS right now, they rank 25th in the league in team batting average. They are, they're 26, I think, 27th right now in team batting average. They're only t- the only hitting category that they rank in the top half of the league in is like stolen bases and I think walks or something like that. It's something where they're just, you know, obviously the, the offense is producing such a terrible mark, but. They're still only game out of the division. The division is well within their grasp. They have a, a series coming up against the Pirates this weekend. You know, I think it's that's something that I think is a uh we want to look at a glass half full view of this this Brewers team is okay, you know, their their lineup. Who who Andrew Monasario, Blake Perkins, like Darren Ruff getting significant time, John Singleton, like that team is not built for a World Series, right? But they're right in the thick of the division. They're still kind of get guys back. You know, Louis Sirius, he just got back from his injury. He's been struggling, obviously. But if he can kind of get his swing back and kind of get back into a groove a little bit and, 
you know, I think the team for how injured they are and just the lineup that they're putting out there to still be in the division is definitely a positive amongst a lot of generally negative vibes from the Brewers this season. Definitely. I just, I think their front office is in a really tough spot here just based on, you know, the situation that they're in um, with both of their basically, I mean, I would argue the two Brewers too, like two of their three best players are Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns. And both of them are, both of them are upcoming free agents. And we, I mean, we know that the, like the ownership doesn't want to pay guys like big money. I mean, that's literally why they traded away Josh Hader for three players that aren't on the team anymore. <laughs> like right. they're, yeah. they're not fans of paying these guys big money. And the last time they did that to a potential offensive superstar, which is Yelich, he flamed out. I mean, whether it's because of injury or others, I mean, he's not the player he once was. So he was a former MVP, perennial All Star, not anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they're in a tough spot, definitely. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with that lack of offensive, like firepower, like that lack of like a superstar. Like they have that no one in their lineup is like scary. Like I, I doubt that other teams are looking at the Brewers' batting order and being like, "Oh, we're, we're really scared of William Contreras," you know. Right. Like he's a nice, he's a nice player, but he's he's not like a, he's he's not like a top of the line player yet. He might be, but he's not that guy right now. And we we don't have anyone who can actually carry that load on their shoulders offensively, like Yelich used to do, like Braun used to do, like guys like that, where we had that one solidified guy who was our superstar. And if he got up to the plate in like a high leverage situation, you knew he was going to put the ball in play. Right. Yeah. I I think it's very interesting the point you're bringing up about the front office because, you know, you talk about the hater stuff and but they've also historically they're not a big let's just tear everything down and go full rebuild. You know, there were those years between 2008 and 2011 where the Brewers were not very good. Right. Like, but they kept Ryan Braun. They kept kind of all those fielder and all those guys. And I don't think that they they don't really they're not gonna get huge free agents but they're not gonna give away all their they're not gonna pay a lot of money but they don't want to lose guys that are kind of all-stars so it's you know i don't really know i could just see them when they come around that you know when we come to the trade deadline or you know we get this off season obviously we see how the season goes but i could just see them just sitting there and not doing a whole lot you know it just is kind of the way that they go is that they just kind of want to be in it and then hopefully they get guys that have breakout years and kind of push them over the top but they're not going to go out there and grab someone who's you know just all-star type guy pay a ton of money for them and then you know that's going to propel them over the top they just kind of want to hope to chip away and just Stay in it, you know, as they say, like, in if you, if you run track and field, right, you want to be in it with the bell lap to kind of, like, kick home for the win. They just want to be there and just kind of hope they have enough at the finish line to, to get to the postseason, which is frustrating, I feel like, if you're, if you're a fan because you want to be all in World Series, right? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a balance they play. Definitely. I mean, I think, yeah, what what you're saying is definitely a possibility. And I think that would be super frustrating as a fan base, you know, just to see the team 
basically right now at a crossroads of do you want to be in mediocrity for the next three, four years, not being able to compete for a World Series, but not being horrible either? Or do you choose one of the extremes? You either go full push for the World Series in the playoffs this year based on the how bad the division is and the fact that, you know, if we do make some moves, get some, you know, get a stud or two, we can really run away with the division and have a comfortable lead at the end of the season going into the playoffs. I mean, that that would be the that would be the ideal situation. Or they sell their they sell the pitchers, you know, they, they try to trade some of their older pieces maybe to contending teams for prospects and you see what happens. Right. Yeah. And it's you look at the makeup of the rest of the division, it's kind of similar to the Brewers, right? Like the Red it's similar in the way that the Reds kind of got these young prospects that they've got. They're super exciting. And the Pirates, they, they're young, right? And they're kind of – they're teams that are kind of like, hey, we're here. Like, we didn't think we'd be here, but we're here. And the Brewers are – they're young, right? I think we talk, we've talked about that since the beginning is that you kind of had all those young guys. I mean, Bryce Turing is an example of a guy that he started the year. It's like, all right, Bryce Turing, he can run fast. He can – he's hitting the ball well. And then – then he falls off, and now he's down in the minor leagues. I think that's something that maybe people saw that early success. Like, oh, yeah, okay, like Joey Weimer. Like, this is kind of like these are – what they're doing in the first month of the season is going to happen the whole season. That just is not possible to – Well, I would – I mean, I would, argue, I would argue that Joey Weimer is actually the opposite of Terang, where he started off horrible and then ended up getting really hot. Like, actually, like, I think last month – or last – yeah, last month in May, he like won player of the week or something at the end. Yeah. He was having he had like a nine or something game hit streak. He was hitting like almost four hundred with like I think like five home runs and like <laughs> Right, yeah. But, it's, yeah. What the See, hell got in? it's like what the hell got into this guy? You know what I mean? Like it's like right. he was oh for thirty two to start the year or something. Like he had like a horrible drought where he couldn't get on base. He couldn't he couldn't even like put the wood on the ball. And now he's hitting five home runs in four games. And you're like, okay, well, Joey Weimer has arrived maybe. (laughs) Right. Yeah. See, you hope he's arrived, but I think it's kind of – you see both sides of what he's doing now. Is it sustainable? I don't know if it's like – I just don't know if we can expect that out of him going forward, being that he's been – I would like to see it out of him, obviously. But I just don't know if that's something that you can – fully expect from them going forward. Definitely. Not like someone like Owen Miller, who's a little bit more experienced in the league who, or like a Christian Yelich or any of those guys that kind of know what it's like to be a consistent pro. Definitely. But I think, you know, it it is good for Weimer just to have like, just to show these flashes early, just, just so that he has the confidence in himself to know that he is capable of, you know, competing in a major league level. So I feel like a lot of these prospects, you know, like if they don't if they don't start out well, they kind of get in their own head, they lose their confidence, and then before you know it, they're right back in the minors where they didn't want to be, and now now you know they're they they've lost it mentally. So I think it's I think it's good to see Joey fight through that adversity that you know he had at the beginning of the year where people were calling for his head, even though he was literally the only player on our team who could play center field proficiently because he's super athletic and fast out there. And at his size, it's actually super impressive. But 
Yeah, no, I'm a super big fan of Joey Weimer. I think he could, he could. I mean, he's showing, he's showing what he can do. It's just a yeah. matter, it's just a matter of yeah, being being that consistent player. But I mean, I think it's good that we have a lot of veterans on this team that can, you know, kind of show them the way along with all these young guys. We have a really weird mix of players. We have like a super like it's like a lot of veterans and a lot of young guys, and then we have like Willie Adamas and Orias in the middle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I. I like what I'm seeing on Joey Weaver. Don't get me wrong. I just don't want it to be – if I was in the future, if things – if he starts to struggle, I don't want it to kind of – the whole world's crashing. I'm like, oh, what happened to him? He's done. He's like – he was just a flash. Like, I think there's just got to be some patience both ways with guys like him and all the yeah, other – Yeah, I mean, I, and I think actually a great example of, you know, the fan base kind of getting in over their skis on a player, I think the perfect player would be Kasten Hira. I mean, right. do you remember the end of 2019 where he he was like hitting like I think he, what he hit 20 home runs in the last like half of the season, right? And people are like, oh, like Huston here is the guy. Like we drafted him pretty early, I think in the draft he was one of our top prospects, and everyone was super excited thinking that oh we found ourselves a, a second baseman, and all and then where where's Huston now? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean he. I mean, it's, you know, it just, it goes like that, right? Like, you could, I'll even, I mean, look at Christian Yelich, right? Like, look at, it's, I was thinking about this yesterday. It's crazy to think back to those MLB around those ad campaigns, like the Yelly and Belly campaign, where it's like, oh, who, like, these are the two stars, young stars, Christian Yelich, Coley, Be- Coley Bellinger, and, you know, Yelich has obviously come down since that, that time but Cody Bellinger like what he's I think he's with the Cubs right now like he's barely even staying afloat like he's just a guy he's barely even a major league right now so meanwhile, just, meanwhile the Dodgers have moved on to Mookie Betts it's like yeah. <laughs> they're just like all right well we don't need him we'll just stack our lineup with the all-stars it's basically an all-star team in Los Angeles it's yeah I mean some of these teams with their payrolls it's wild. I, it's such a baseball is such an interesting sport. Like with like the no salary cap and the fact that these teams can just spend on whoever they want and give out the most massive possible contract. I mean, they they give out like ten year contracts in baseball. I mean, it's unprecedented. Like no other sport does that really. Right, and I mean, we talk about the Dodgers. They got this also. They're three games back of the Diamondbacks for first place in the division. Yeah, so. Diamondbacks have been actually very surprisingly good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a long way. There's still a long ways to go, right? We've only hit game 68 is today. So there's still a lot of time and they're still right in the thick of it. So, you know, I don't think there, I, I, for one, I don't think that there's a ton of need to just slam the panic button, right? Like with the line that they're putting out to still be in the, in the, hunt for for the division championship right now i think that's a positive you know if you have blake perkins playing right field no no disrespect to blake perkins obviously you know (laughs) or andrew monasterio like these are guys that you would not see in a division championship team playing solid time for a team right in the hunt for the division so that's positive i think definitely i i fully think it's positive but uh I think we should take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back looking forward to uh, this last game against the Minnesota Twins and then a huge three-game series uh, at home against Pittsburgh.
All right. So we have one more against the Twins. That game will be over by the time this airs because the first pitch is in nine minutes. So hopefully the Brewers won. If they didn't, then it's they've lost six in a row. So and then they start a huge series at home against the Pirates. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, little Father's Day, three gamer. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is probably the biggest series they've had all season. You could argue, right? I mean, the Reds one was big, but especially with the the lack of, there's less division games this year, so each game in the division is huge, especially in, in the division where the top. The top of the division and the bottom of the division is only separated by eight games, eight and a half games. Every division matchup is huge, and this one in particular because you have the first place Pirates coming to town. Definitely. I mean, I think this series is is massive um, just because we, we, we can take back the lead in the division, and I think, you know, showing Pittsburgh that, you know, we're, we're not going away. We're, we're going to come back. We're going to stay fighting for it. I think that would be massive. I'm just hoping we don't get blown out because I think that would destroy the confidence of of the players. But, I mean, we got Wade Miley back on the mound. We got Freddie Peralta. um, And then we have Julio Tehran in the opener against Ovideo. So, um, solid pitching matchups. Freddie Peralta didn't have the greatest outing uh, in his last matchup, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I definitely think we can beat them. They they've got some scary players. They got Brian Reynolds. They have O'Neill Cruz. They've got they've got some guys to be worried about. But yeah, I mean, I I think the Brewers can do it. It's just a matter of are they going to be able to hit the ball and are they going to have enough in the back end of the pen to close the game? Yeah, I mean, I Julio Tehran going first game. I think he I like him at. At this, at the, uh, I like what he's done so far. Or no, sorry, he's he's pitching today. Is he pitching today? No, he's not pitching today. Sorry. Yeah. Tehran, first game. He's, uh, I think he's been a very welcome addition to the rotation. It's been, you know, as we know, it's been, it's been rocky. But, I mean, he's got a losing record, but he's got a 1.48 ERA. So he's, he's putting them in a position to do well, right? He just, Sometimes it doesn't work out for them, but I think he's a guy that he's a he'll set the tone for the series. He's a he's a solid addition. He can get them a solid five six innings, and then uh, you know give them a chance to win. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and yeah, I mean, I just think I, I think he's been great. Uh, I wrote about it on our website that we that we write for, but yeah, Julio Tehran just coming in, eating up those minutes as, you know, a guy who hasn't really played major league ball in a couple of years, um, coming in and just, you know, performing, uh, kind of surprising. I don't think a lot of people like saw that coming, even though, yeah, even though, like you mentioned, you know, he has been losing these games. Um, they were like close games. Like his last, his last loss was against, uh, the Reds where we lost 2-0. So it's not like he's, you know, giving up six, seven runs. You know, he's put it yet, yeah, like you said, he's only given up two runs, one run. Sometimes even like I know he pitched a shutout earlier and I think it was his first performance with the Brewers. So yeah, I mean I think he's been huge. And then I think getting Wade Miley like back 
and healthy is, is going to be massive for the team uh, going forward, especially because, you know, he's got the experience. Um, we know what he can do. And, you know, he's had a surprisingly great, like, start to the season other than his injury. Um, and then you mentioned him a little bit earlier, but after this Pirate series, you know, we, we got to welcome the Diamondbacks, who at this rate are ahead of the Dodgers right now. Um, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, we got Burns, Colin Rea, and Tehran again in that series. What, 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 do you, what do you? Yeah, that is going to be that is going to be a tough series. But you know, I think it's kind of an interesting trend that the Brewers have this year is that they've kind of played to their opponents. Like they, I believe they have about the same record as. Um, let me find this. I believe their record is the same with teams that have above 500 records and below 500 records, or it's very, it's very similar. You know, they do just as well against teams like the A's as they do against the, like we just saw, right. They just, they get swept by the A's, but before that they beat the Orioles, you know? So I think, Hey, it's an odd thing where, a team that's coming into town that it has 40 wins like the Diamondbacks doesn't really pose a huge threat numbers wise as a team that has 40 losses Histor- so far this season. They're just, it's, it's odd that they play well against bat against good teams and then poorly against bad teams. Definitely. I mean, I think it's, you know, the classic case of playing up, Tier competition and playing down tier competition, um, and I I don't know if that's a I mean this might be like a crazy accusation or take, but that might be a managerial slash like coaching issue. Uh, just guys taking days off and stuff like that against bad teams. I mean, there, there's really no excuse to lose three straight to the A's. Like, at some point, like you got to look at yourself in the mirror as like a coach or as a player and be like that. You just can't have that. Like that's just not. You can't, that's, that's not acceptable. So, right. Yeah. I mean, I think this, the Diamondbacks surprisingly have been very good to start the year. Um, They definitely look like a team who, you know, could make moves at the deadline, possibly add some pieces um, to try to make, you know, a big push. Um, And, you know, if they're, if they're going to make the playoffs over the Dodgers and force the Dodgers into a, a wild card position, that could make the the entire NL playoffs, National League playoffs, incredibly interesting. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's obviously super early, right? But we look at if we, if we were to look at the wild card, right now the Brewers are one game out of the wild card. So it's probably the earliest anyone will look at the wild card standings where we still have a little under 100 games to go. But you do make a good point that that division is so top heavy that, and the same, you know, same with the, the East, the national league East, like those two divisions are so top heavy compared to the, the NL central that it's, it's going to be very hard if you don't win the NL central to get into the wild card. Like it's almost going to be virtually impossible, right? Like, yeah, it just is, it's probably not going to happen. Like you got to win the division 
or you're gonna just watch the postseason from home. So definitely. I mean, we got teams like you know, like the Padres, like you like the, the Dodgers, and then I mean, you got teams like the like even if like the Dodgers win their division, I feel like the Diamondbacks aren't gonna like like go away. So I think the Diamondbacks are still gonna be, you know, in the hunt there. You got teams like the Phillies out east, like the Braves, the Mets. Like one of those teams is gonna win, and one of them will probably be a wild card or out. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's just interesting how it's kind of stacking up. You got just like these – and I kind of mentioned it earlier with like the the like the like money and like the cap and stuff. But like these are all big market cities that have like a ton of money that can pay like stars to come to their team. Kind of like, you know, the Padres paid Juan Soto. Philly's got Bryce Harper. Like all these – and Trey Turner. Like they 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 just have the money to to just pay these guys massive contracts, whereas like a small market team like the Brewers or like the Colorado Rockies, for example, like they don't have they don't have those kind of like resources in order to go out and get a superstar that's on the market. Right, like right now the the Phillies are thirty three and thirty four. They're seven and a half games out of the East, but you know they put together a win streak. They're kind of in it. They're gonna, you know. They've got the resources to to go get guys that the Bruce they just can't get, right? So, or especially if they if they finish this year solid this offseason, the they just can't compete with the Brewers can't compete with teams like that for for players. So, yeah, it's almost you know it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier in that sense of well, while we're here, we're still stiff in the postseason. Like, why would we dismantle something that we're still in the hunt for for the playoffs, right? Like. If you're a game out at the around the trade deadline, but you're you know only a few games over 500, is it really worth it to give up all these players and then we're not going to make the postseason? Because usually when you give up a lot of guys, right, it's like oh well we weren't going to make the postseason anyways. We might as well just capitalize on our chances now to get rid of all this money. But if you can get to the postseason with the group that they have. Once you get into the playoffs, you never know what could happen, right? Like the Nationals a couple of years ago, they were what they were about five hundred probably this time of that this time of year when they won the World Series, and then they went on that massive run. So you never know, right? Like once you get in the postseason, it's kind of like everything's at square one. So that's what you would think. So we could see, we'll see what happens going forward. Definitely. I mean, and like you mentioned earlier, what do we have, like 100 games left? Like, there's more games to play than there have been played. So, the Brewers definitely could, you know, find, like, a groove, get super hot. I mean, we've seen them do this before with this kind of team, uh, where they get super hot for, like, two months, and they're just on fire, and they could run away with the division based off of how how poor it's looking right now. Um, I don't think we've touched on the Cardinals yet, though, but you know they're they're a team with with guys who like Nolan Arenado and Goldschmidt who I I wouldn't be surprised if they get hot and you know try to turn their season around and they make a push as well. I mean that this this could get dicey for all the teams in the division that are trying to compete for that top spot. Right, like their lineup is deep enough where you don't want to keep them around, and they're eight and a half games out, seven and a half behind the Brewers. Like they're a team that could easily you know snap your fingers and they're in the hunt right like every team is in it you don't want to keep these teams around you got if you brewers have a chance to take a lead in the division 
with the Pirates this weekend, they should. You have to capitalize on those opportunities. Every chance you get to expand or take the lead in the division or grow your division leader, grow on your on your rivals. You have to do it in a division like this. You have to do it every single chance you get. So. Hopefully, American Family Field is just rocking, you know, Father's Day weekend, hopefully, bucket hat night on Sunday. So, hopefully they get a good crowd. The energy's kind of back in Milwaukee. And, uh, yeah, we'll see if they can kind of turn things around, get to the top of the division by the next uh, recording. Yeah, I fully agree. But uh, I think that's a good spot to leave it. This will be the... uh... That'll be it for today's episode of the Crew Talk Podcast. Uh, make sure you like, download, subscribe, give us a follow. You know, we love hearing your feedback. And, you know, make sure to follow us on Twitter at uh, Crew Talk FFSN for even more Brewers content. Um, we'll probably be back with another episode uh, after that homestand. So look forward to it. It's called Brewers. Go Brewers. Go Brewers.